Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBreed podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at eBree, and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer, Enrique Diaz-Alvarez, and Market Analyst, Roman Zuruk. Welcome back, everyone, to the latest episode of FX Talk, and I think we have an interesting couple of topics lined up for you today. We're going to start by talking about the most traded and most popular currency pair in the foreign exchange market, and that is, of course, Euro-Dollar, which has been on a rather volatile ride in the past fortnight. Cross began November around the 116 level, although it's since fallen sharply and is down around about 3% month to date to below the 113 level and its weakest position since July 2020. Uh, now, the dollar itself has actually rallied broadly against most major peers uh, so far this month. If we look at the FX performance tracker, the greenback is up against all of its G10 peers since the 1st of November. And certainly not all, but most emerging market currencies as well. Uh, as investors ramp up bets in favour of Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. We had the news yesterday that Jerome Powell will remain as chair of the Federal Reserve after being re-elected by President Biden for another term. Uh, and that has further increased bets in favour of an aggressive interest rate hike cycle from the Fed in 2022, as the alternative, Lyle Brainard, was seen as a more dovish and a deviation from the status quo. As far as the euro is concerned, the common currency has been met with multiple headwinds, the European Central Bank has remained one of the more dovish central banks in the G10, while investors are also growing increasingly concerned about the recent increase uh, in virus caseloads in the bloc in recent weeks. We've already seen a handful of countries reimpose tougher restrictions, including Austria and the Netherlands, that have both re-entered into lockdowns. And others, including notably Germany, are now looking likely to follow suit, which does not bode particularly well for near-term Eurozone growth. Uh, but what do you guys both make of this sell-off uh, in Euro-Dollar? And what do you think is behind the magnitude of the move? Uh, has it perhaps been slightly overdone? I mean, what we've been saying for the last uh, few months is that increasingly the speed at which the different central banks uh, exit uh, this, this uh, extremely stimulative monetary policy settings is going to be the key driver in currency markets. And something that has frankly surprised me is the degree to which the to which the uh, European Central Bank appears to to be pushing back on market expectations for um, for hikes, the degree to which it seems to uh, be totally unconcerned with inflationary pressures, even to the point of welcoming them, and more importantly, the absence of pushback from uh, countries that in the past have been have formed like a sort of hawkish. Um, core in the European Central Bank, in particularly, in particular Germany. I mean, we had the first, we had, we had some, uh, communications from the Bundesbank this week, uh, about, uh, inflation being higher than they would expect, than they were expecting, but, uh, but nothing particularly aggressive. And in that context, and given the, the widening, of the uh, of the gap between uh, Federal Reserve uh, expected hikes for the Federal Reserve uh, in the first half of 2022, and the ECB, which which is trying to push any expectations of hikes well into 2023 or even 2024, is really not very surprising that markets are reacting, sending the euro down. 
I actually think that uh, there's also a, another reason for that, and that is that there's just a, a myriad of things uh, in the Eurozone right now that are uh, stressing investors. One of the things is uh, that you already mentioned, Matthew, is COVID and the uh, restrictions being reimposed in many countries, uh, even as far uh, as uh, lockdowns. Uh, and the COVID situation is deteriorating in many major areas, particularly in German, German-speaking countries. But even uh, they have a relatively high vaccination rates uh, at approximately 70%. So this is quite uh, concerning. Uh, also, we have a, a energy crisis and also the ECB. Uh, the situation with the ECB, uh, I think, uh, is not as obvious as with the Fed, because uh, I don't uh, feel that we are seeing a, a very broad pressures uh, in the Eurozone. And if you look at the core inflation, it only right now uh, jumped to 2%. Uh, and this has been due to the base effect in large part. So we are not seeing the same situation as we do on the other side of the Atlantic. And I think that uh, this basically justifies the current stance of the ECB and the markets are buying that. And uh, I think that the ECB is right not to uh, not to do any uh, immediate signaling that the rates uh, rate hikes might be on the horizon. So uh, I think that this has been both the uh, central bank story, uh, but also a lot of different uh, stresses that we are experiencing uh, in the Eurozone right now. Yes, and I agree with that. I think certainly as far as the Euro is concerned, uh, it has been hit by double whammy, really. I think, as we both said, for one, the ECB has remained ultra-dovish. Since our last episode a fortnight ago, we've continued to see ECB members remain cautious. President Lagarde continue to push back against market bets for rate hikes and investors now seem to finally be coming around to the view that rate hikes in 2022 are now unlikely and has actually been priced out by investors in the last week or so. Um, and then again, of course, we've, we've mentioned um, we've seen this sharp jump in virus caseloads in Europe in the past few weeks. Uh, for me, the biggest concern will be Germany. Um, cases there have spiked to fresh record highs. Test positive rate, for instance, is now more than 17% versus 7% in the US, 4% in the UK. Um, and I think that makes the reimposition of lockdown measures there now quite likely, whether that be a full lockdown or a partial one remains to be seen. But clearly the near-term outlook for the block isn't great. Um, this morning's PMI data actually beat expectations for November and I'm quite surprised by that in all honesty. I, I certainly think we could be heading into a period of weaker growth going into December as temperatures drop and virus caseloads inevitably increase further. Um, so plenty of short-term downside risks to the euro. Um, having said that, I think the euro may be slightly oversold, certainly from a technical point of view, um, when comparing euro dollar to the various moving averages. And also pricing for ECB rate hikes is subdued. Um, I think if we were to get even a modest tilt, hawkish tilt from the ECB at its December meeting, then that could pave the way for, for a bit of strength in the euro towards the end of the year. No, no, no I, I would agree with that. I, I do think that I'm on the side that to discount, I discount the uh, effect of this COVID lockdowns a little more than you guys do. Uh, if you look at the PMIs today this in the eurozone, I believe they're supposed to be upside. Uh, they, were, they were quite strong. So I think that businesses um, have learned to live with this, this partial lockdowns a lot better than they were earlier in the uh, in the pandemic and and the, the impact, the economic impact of uh, of these lockdowns is 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 much less than it used to be. I think it's still all about uh, 
uh, monetary policy and the, the widening uh, gap between interest rates and, and both sides of the Atlantic. That's that's and uh, I, I do think that. W- Markets are getting very short euro, uh, speculative positions are getting loaded there. And if we could see a significant snapback in the euro, uh, as soon as it's clear that the ECB is starting to rethink its ultra dovish stance, but not earlier. And I think that, yeah, probably the December, the December meeting uh, and the communications from the central bank and for the European Central Bank leading up to December meeting will be key to see if uh, any hawkish Dissent uh, starts to build up in the organization. I would also think that the situation on the other side of the Atlantic would be important because the market pricing uh, for the US hike right now uh, seems quite extreme, with almost uh, three full interest rate hikes next year being priced in. And currently, uh, market is believing that uh, we might get uh, interest rate hikes uh, as early as in the uh, first half of the year, with uh, I think approximately 60% being priced for May, uh, which is a lot. And uh, if we are going to see a similar COVID situation in the US, I think that markets uh, would start to think twice uh, and maybe uh, they would start to price out uh, some of those expectations uh, considering that. Uh, and uh, so this might be the case. And I would I would think that if we are going to see some of the hikes priced out, then uh, the euro should receive some, some support. My, my read is that it's, it, it, we are not going to see, my, my political read is that we're absolutely not going to see any mention of lockdowns in the U.S. It's just not going to happen. The, the tolerance, the public tolerance for any further lockdowns is essentially zero. And I think that uh, the, uh, if anything, the, uh, the, the, the risk is in the other direction, that uh, uh, Federal Reserve hikes get priced in even more aggressively than they are now, and then we start moving into a hike as early as as uh, as April and even March of next year, um, because the uh, the public concerns with inflation are increasing. It's becoming more and more of a, of a topic of conversation, um, and I I think that the risks are in there, even anything to the to the other side to. Uh, the Fed hikes being priced even more aggressively than they are now. Yeah, I, I, would, I would tend to agree with that, actually. I think the, the key theme that we've seen in the markets since the beginning of the pandemic, really, certainly the last um, sort of year or so, has been the US being much more uh, sort of blasé with, with the, the lockdown measures and, and Europe taking a much more uh, cautious uh, approach. Um, so f- from that standpoint, I think... I'd see it unlikely that they will get more tougher restrictions in the US. Um, and yeah, the Fed clearly is going to raise rates much more aggressively than the ECB. And yeah, three three rate hikes priced in for next year. We, we should get, I think, um, a clearer idea at the December Fed meeting as to whether that will be the case. I think the first rate hike is priced in in June. If there's any indication at the December meeting that could be coming sooner, um, perhaps in a, a swifter removal of the, the, the QE measures, then yeah, there's certainly, there is some room, I think, for some more advances in the dollar um, from current levels. I think the key to everything is when do we start seeing a hawkish pushback in out of the European Central Bank? Um, the uh, that uh, white man, the Uber hawk of the head of the Bundesbank has been, is in the process of, of retiring 
and it's not clear who's going to replace them that that could uh, could uh, galvanize a hawkish faction in the in the council so yeah yeah december's certainly going to be an interesting one usually quite quiet yeah. before the end before the uh, the christmas break but i think this is going to be slightly this different. time this time it's not going to be quiet I yeah agree. yeah <laughs> Okay, great. I think we'll move on to our, our second main topic now, um, which is going to be our spotlight currency for the week. Again, as voted for by our very loyal followers on LinkedIn. Um, and it should be a very interesting one this week because we're going to be talking about the Turkish lira. Uh, now, the lira is a currency that we've covered a few times on FX Talk over the past year or so, but not for a little while. Um, it remains one of the most volatile and unpredictable currencies globally and is currently the worst performing emerging market currency in the world. The lira had already fallen sharply through to the end of October this year. It was down around about 20% year-to-date through to the end of October. Since then, however, it has gone into freefall, particularly so far today. We've seen a violent sell-off of a magnitude we've rarely seen among currencies. Um, earlier today, the lira was down around about 15% at one stage versus the US dollar for the day, which did uh, at one stage put it on course for its second worst day on record trading at fresh record lows in excess of 13 to the US dollar. And this follows comments made by Turkish or Turkey's President Erdogan, um, who has once again defied traditional economic logic and defended the country's recent sharp interest rate cuts. He pledged to, to win his economic war of independence despite widespread criticism um, of his policies. The Central Bank of Turkey uh, has already lowered rates by 400 basis points since September, despite both the plunge in the lira and spiralling rates of inflation, which now stand at 20%. Um, well, we said a fair few times on this podcast, I think that the lira is one of the currencies that we dislike the most. Um, and I guess recent developments uh, merely reinforce this view. But, but, but what do you guys make of the latest sell-off? And do you think there's additional scope for, for further weakness in the currency? Um, well, uh, I, I think we were right to dislike the, the Turkish lira. I think that it's always tempting when you see a currency depreciate as violently as the lira has to 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 think that at some point uh, there is value in the currency. The currency is cheap enough that it's, 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 it starts to become attractive. But in this case, there's, there's a couple of uh, negative feedback loops that I'm very concerned with, that we're very concerned with. One is inflation. Uh, Turkey has uh, 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 some imports, and particularly energy imports, that it cannot easily substitute with uh, domestic production. So the violent depreciation feeds into additional inflation, which uh, further fuels the, uh, the nominal depreciation of the currency. That's one of the feedback loops. And the other one, which is much harder to predict, is at what point the population at large loses faith in the, uh, in the currency as, as a medium of exchange and a store of value and starts just desperately uh, rushing to to change their their uh their lead us into any hard currency or even gold um that th- 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 there's th- those are two potential f- negative feedback loops to the process that made me very wary of trying to find a bottom in the in the turkish lira i would not touch it i would continue to stay away from it um the only thing that might may change my mind is uh, a complete turnaround in the uh, 
in the attitude of Erdogan and the central bank and significant hikes in rates. And we may need to, to, to go to uh, rates 5, 10, 15 or 20 percent above inflation in order to uh, to uh, convince the market that uh, things have changed. I, I was still very negative on the lira and I would not touch it on at these levels. Yeah, I think Lira is uh, one of those currencies that I would be also afraid to touch. Uh, it, it does seem very cheap. And uh, I remember that we were one of uh, one of the analysts that were the most negative on Lira. Uh, but our target for the end of 2022 was uh, at 10. Uh, and uh, we are already uh, at 13 today and we were above that level. So uh, it's things with Lira can change uh, you know, day by day and it's uh, it can be extreme. So uh, I, I, I am quite surprised that the Erdogan and uh, the Turkish Central Bank decided to go that way, uh, particularly considering that the country's elections are nearing in 2023. And his uh, support is already uh, quite weak. So uh, if the population will see a significant increase in inflation, which is already very high at approximately 20%, and it may easily go to 30% or perhaps even more, considering the lira depreciation and the, the pass-through effect, uh, then uh, I believe that his support should uh, continue to fall. So uh, I, I think that it's something that is he's doing against himself, and I'm quite surprised by that. And the natural remedy to it uh, would be interest rate hikes. Uh, but uh, considering the recent rhetorics of the bank and the recent rhetorics of, of Erdogan uh, from uh, yesterday, it, it doesn't seem likely that we are going to see that in the near future. And probably we would need to see uh, more pain in the lira for the rates to go up. So I would definitely not touch it, uh, even though it looks uh, very cheap and this uh, way cheaper than we expected. Uh, and uh, yes, I would just see how the situation uh, resolves going forward. Yeah, it's interesting that we usually do a, a buy, sell or hold at the end of this podcast, but I think we should add an extra option, which is avoid. I think the lira would certainly fall under the avoid category at the moment. It's, such an unpredictable currency, it'd be impossible to, to, to predict which way it's going to go. Um, but, but I guess this is a move that we have sort of earmarked uh, for a while now, although we didn't expect a move quite of this magnitude. Um, I think particularly in the current environment, uh, it, it, it provides reason to be ultra bearish on the lira. Uh, Erdogan has long advocated the need for, for lower interest rates. It wasn't really much of an issue for the lira at the start of the pandemic when rates everywhere were being cut to record lows. But now that almost every other central bank is raising interest rates in response to higher inflation, this policy stance is quite troubling, um, particularly, as we said, with inflation at 20% and climbing, where that further eats into the real rates of return, which are now deeply negative. Um, uh, as we said, I think it may be reasonable to say that at current levels of lira is very cheap and may actually provide a decent buying opportunity. Actually, we've already seen a little bit of a recovery in the currency so far this afternoon as investors buy the dip. Um, but uh, as you touched on, Enrique, I think until we see a sort of significant structural change, uh, a long-term recovery in the lira may be quite difficult. By that, I mean a central bank that's totally independent from government control with sort of competent rate setters that base their decision, decision-making on traditional macaronic principles but we've heard again at the helm i think that appears quite unlikely for the foreseeable future (sighs) 
And that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit Ebreed's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more on during upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening.